Welcome to the Creating from the Inside Out, Embracing and Empowering Our Unique and Creative Selves podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Waldo. In this podcast, I talk about what it means to embrace our unique and creative selves, how we can do it, how I've learned that by embracing our creative selves and our own uniqueness, we can empower all of us. As part of this, I share how my path of embracing my unique and creative self has changed over the years, how it worked when I first started doing it, what it looks like today, and how I'm learning to do it more and more every day in the midst of the ups and downs of daily life and all that's going on in the world. And in this podcast, I share how by embracing and empowering my unique and creative self, my work, my art, and ultimately my life has changed for the better. And yours can too. So join me as we go on this journey of embracing and empowering our unique and creative selves together. Welcome back to the Creating from the Inside Out podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about asking ourselves, is this what we really want? This, the way that we're feeling, what we're experiencing, what we're noticing in our lives. What I have found is that this question has come up for me at very key moments in my life for me to really check in with my deepest self with my my heart and my soul and really get honest with myself about what's happening in my life and how I'm responding to it and how I feel about it and do I like it and is it really what I want? What I've found is that each and every time that I've kind of asked myself this question, it has led me to a greater sense of my next step in embracing and empowering my unique and creative self. Embracing and empowering all of myself. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. In the period from 2012 to through 2018, I was in a pretty confused and periodically a pretty dark space. In 2012, my mom got sick. Um, One minute she was walking all over Manhattan with me at an interior design conference and A few months later, she was 
really sick in the hospital. Fast forward to a year later and she had died. And that year we had called in our family uh, the year of death because it was a really challenging year in 2013. My mom died. um, My beloved cat died. uh, Well, one died and the other one we put down, I think it was that year as well. And then my father-in-law, my father-in-law also died at the end of that year. And we were living in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, and it was challenging. Um, I was navigating a lot of health stuff with my kids. I had had a miscarriage uh, during the time we had gotten pregnant through infertility treatments for my third child. Um, So it was a long road to get there. We had finally gotten pregnant and then I lost the baby early on. Um, Wasn't too far along, thank goodness, but still um, having a miscarriage and my mom was sick and it was challenging. And we ended up moving, um, getting a call to move like an inner calling, really. I started to have these dreams about moving back to California, which is where I had lived before we had moved to Philadelphia. Um, and we did that. My husband, and it was kind of an amazing experience, scary and amazing. Um, but my husband ended up getting a job and we ended up being able to relocate and it was not all fun and games. Um, it was in some ways a magical thing that my husband landed this job, but there were a lot of challenges with it. And I had been working. Um, I had felt like I wanted to leave interior design and I wanted to get back into technology And I had been working on a tech startup. So we moved uh, back to California. And um, there is a lot that went into that. Um, Like we we gave up being homeowners to move back. We were renting a house. And we were glad to get a rental. It was so hard to get a rental. Um, And we didn't know if we'd ever be homeowners again. Um... So that was really scary. Uh, My husband was driving two hours each way to his job. Initially, he thought he was going to be working in the city and he could take um, BART public transit, but he ended up more and more having to be in Palo Alto. So he was commuting two hours each way in crazy traffic. Um, And I was navigating kids with health stuff, Um, we found a school that we got my oldest into, and then I was trying to find a preschool for my youngest and trying to work on my startup. And it ended up that my young, my oldest started having issues with school, with bullying. Um, 
We also noticed, and I was noticing some issues with his reading that the school was not addressing, and I knew something was going on. Um, he started emotionally shutting down, and long story short, I ended up kind of overnight deciding to homeschool him, and I thought I could do that and uh, for a period of time until I figured something out and continue working on my startup. I was also still wrapping up some interior design projects from when we had lived in Pennsylvania for some clients that I was still wrapping things up with. Um, and then it ended up that I realized that I could not continue uh I could not continue working on this startup. I really needed to kind of go all into homeschooling my son. It's what he needed um, for his kind of a mental and emotional health. And I had no plan for that. Um, so I found myself just throwing myself in the, into the deep end of um, suspecting that he had dyslexia but not really knowing for sure. So diving into learning a lot about that, um, learning a lot about learning differences um, and what was going on, learning about what I call visual spatial learners, um, which I realized that I am and he was and how that ties into what is labeled as dyslexia and lots of other so-called learning disabilities that I don't believe are learning disabilities. I, th I believe that they are just different ways of learning that don't fit into the traditional system that had been created. But I was at the point of learning all that back then. And I threw myself into, into this path of embracing what I needed to embrace and understand for my son. And I realized now that it was part of my path. It was part of me learning a lot of things um, about creativity and our imagination and, and um, ways of learning and, and, our own unique creative selves. But at the time, I didn't know that. I was just putting one foot in front of the other, you know, trying to navigate a world as a homeschooler mom, um, which also then meant that uh, I needed to homeschool my youngest because it didn't make sense to pay for him to go to private school because um, we the public school was not an option for us. Um, and, and, and I had lost my income. Um, and there's no way I could work at that time. Cause I was just trying to figure out how to like, what does homeschooling mean? And, and, and all of that. So at the same time, um, we were recovering when we had left Philadelphia, we had had our house on the market um, and it was on the market for a year before it sold. And when it sold, um, we took a loss. Actually, we had to bring money to the table. It was just, it was so hard. Um, 
And yet we were so glad to to just kind of be done. It was almost like Philadelphia had its claws into us and it and and wasn't going to let us leave easily. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Um but it was it was a challenging time. Um and what ended up happening, I had a lot of health stuff come back up with my son. A lot of uh health issues come up and um I kind of got my feet, I kind of got like the lay of the land kind of figured out. Um, I was starting to feel like I, I could breathe again. I could kind of navigate what was going on and what, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that happened. Um, our, my son's doctor, who was really a lifeline to me um, in supporting me with the health issues with my son and going on a pretty unconventional health path um, to help him. Uh, he died suddenly, and that was really hard for me um, because I really felt like I needed his experience and his um, knowledge to be able to help me navigate anything else that was going on with my son. Um, And I really also was waking up to the fact because we were starting to kind of get the homeschool thing down. And I had just thrown myself into it without really knowing how I felt other than it's what I needed to do. And I felt very, (sighs) I wasn't really fitting into being a homeschool mom. There are lots of other people in the community that that's what they chose and it's what they wanted to do. Um, I liked the idea of, of supporting my kids as a homeschooler. Um, because I like the idea of the freedom from the education system, which I felt like was very tailored to certain kinds of kids and certain types of learners, um, and uh, frankly, an outdated system, but that's another topic. But what all that meant was I was, I was really starting to feel frustrated and trapped myself. I was really starting to feel like, well, what about me? I had thrown myself into this and I navigated a bunch of stuff. Um, I'd been tutoring my own kid in this special program for dyslexia and it was not easy doing that uh, because he had a lot of resistance and um, it was challenging. And so I also you know, was still adjusting to not having a mom. My dad had died uh, in 2005. And so uh, my mom was my last living parent and she had passed away, like I said, in 2013. So I was kind of still adjusting to that and figuring out as my kids got older, you know, I had thought, okay, this is time for me to really get back to myself. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't, you know, having that and I felt trapped, um, and I didn't know what to do. Um, and so in 2018, I started to really just 
have a lot of this stuff kind of come together in a big mush of, ah, you know, realizing not being able to just squash down what I was feeling and, and really having this question come up to me over and over again. Is this, is this what I really want? And am I really feeling happy? And, um, and I knew I wasn't, but I didn't know what to do about it. I, I couldn't, um, stop homeschooling my son, my sons, because it was what they needed. There wasn't a school that was going to be, um, addressing what they needed. Um, I couldn't get someone else to tutor them because we had lost my income and we were living, um, in a, you know, very expensive part of the country in the San Francisco Bay Area. We were renting a house. My husband was commuting two hours each way. So a lot was on me and I felt trapped and confused and angry and um, disempowered. And I didn't know what was going on. And what ended up happening is... I had to listen to that within myself. I had to let myself not sweep that under the rug and just pretend like I'm okay and everything's okay. I had to listen to myself asking myself kind of the question of, is this what I really want? And I didn't have any answers if the answer was no because I didn't know how to change it. Um, It was at this point that I ended up in 2018, around the time of my birthday, going on a trip by myself to Lake Tahoe. And I did a lot of soul searching that weekend. And I ended up, I ended up having a lot of really amazing experiences within myself, connecting back to myself. And it was after that that I started to realize that I needed to start listening to myself in just doing things that felt better for me. I didn't, I couldn't change the homeschooling. I couldn't change my work situation at the time. Um, every time I kind of thought that I could work and get back to work, there was another medical issue or school issue or education issue that kind of called my attention to it. And so I had to find happiness or find a way of still feeling some kind of um, sense of myself in the midst of my situation. One of the things that I did um, was I started to look at how I was spending my time. And it really kind of came to me that after my mom died, I had really done a lot of, you know, mourning and soul searching. And I'd kind of gotten on this wave of watching these apocalyptic, very dark movies. And um, I think they were really helping me kind of process 
a lot of emotions around my mom's sickness and health and my childhood and my relationship with her um, because even though I was mourning her, it was a challenging relationship in, in, in many ways um, as well as a loving relationship. And um, these movies, I think, kind of helped me and these shows kind of were helping me kind of process some stuff but then there was a point where they were just like I just started feeling worse by watching them I started feeling bad and I would do this every night and it would just not was not helping my cause and so what I ended up doing is I ended up really kind of taking stock of what I was doing and how I was spending my evenings, um, the time that I did have where my husband was home and I was free. And, you know, and I realized I wasn't benefiting myself by watching these movies and these TV shows. I was just feeling worse afterwards. And so I started to, um, I just like cut them out of my life and said no more. And for a while, it was really scary because I could, I didn't know what to do with the time that I now had. I wanted to do something that felt more empowering or felt better, but I couldn't really find anything in the beginning. And I ended up kind of going on this journey of really learning how to discern what felt better to me and what didn't. And it was also, um, at, at the time I didn't realize it, but I learned and realized later that it was also a time of really giving myself permission to feel good, permission to kind of choose, um, as opposed to react to, empower myself. Now, I didn't use those words back then. But really, what I've come to learn about, you know, embracing and empowering our unique and creative self is empowerment comes from within us, a choice for us to care about what we're feeling and what we're experiencing and to feel that we have an ability to do something about it, even if it seems as though we don't. Because like in my case, I didn't feel like I had the ability. I felt like that, you know, the solution was, well, I stopped homeschooling my kids. Well, I couldn't do that. Um, the solution was my husband stops commuting two hours away, you know, each way. Well, that wasn't an option either. He had a really good job. Um, and that was what happened. We didn't want to move closer to his job because we didn't like that area. Um, we wanted to stay where we were, but lots of things weren't working. And what I found is that over and over and over again, that it's kind of like at these key moments where things have 
not been feeling good. Um, and I've been maybe not aware of it um, or hiding it from myself because I don't know how to fix it or afraid to look at it because it feels too scary to admit that I don't know what to do, don't know how to change it. That it is in those moments that our souls kind of and ourselves, our consciousness, our souls sometimes can just force us to ask ourselves. Um, I've had this happen by situations kind of changing and being taken, you know, uh, being having experiences that kind of happen to us that then cause us to you know, be in a situation we really don't like that we feel like, oh my gosh. But also sometimes we also just become aware of just how not good we're feeling and that we just don't want to, we can't keep going on like that. So what I have found is that When that happens, it can be really scary, um, especially when, you know, something just happens that doesn't feel good, that makes me really wake up and question. Um, It can also feel really scary when a question comes and I realize the answer is one in which I don't like what I'm doing, but I don't have, I don't see how to change it. I don't see a path. I don't know how to figure it out. But what I have learned over and over and over again is that I don't have to. I don't have to figure it all out in that moment. I don't have to have it all figured out in order for me to kind of allow myself to feel what I'm feeling and allow myself to become aware of what I'm feeling and aware of what I'm thinking. Um, Am I liking this? Is this what I want? Is this what I am choosing? Um, Sometimes It's hard to sort that out because we can think that we're doing what we thought we wanted, but we can still feel somehow off, you know, somehow like, wait a minute, this isn't feeling good. This isn't feeling right. Um, And I've had this happen to me over and over and over again. And what I found is that as not good as that can feel it's often like it's like a turning point it's a turning point for me to it's like there's a fork in the road do I continue to just react or ignore or hide from my own feelings and my thoughts and my own awareness of things Or do I go on the other fork in the road, um, on the other road, the other direction, and do I 
allow myself to become aware of that and to see it and to say, this isn't feeling good. What I have found is that when I do that, that that is when my empowerment, it's like it emerges up from within me to help me see what is going on. And it is in that moment that then as I tune into myself, answers can come solutions can come new ideas not all figured out all at once not a whole new set perfect new vision that is all mapped out and all played out and all set up and I just oh walk along the little you know golden pathway to get there to this new wonderful destination that's all figured out and all set up boy that would be nice but that's not at least it's not what I've experienced, but what I do, what I do experience is I experience that when I'm brave enough to look at what I'm experiencing and feeling and what I'm thinking and what my soul and my heart is telling me that answers from within me can come and they can come by my feelings they can come by these like random thoughts they can come by certain experiences um and this is something that over the years I've learned how to listen to and follow more and more um and to understand how that language works how that communication happens and um how to kind of navigate that path. One of the first times that I noticed this happen is, um, and I didn't realize it at the time, but in 2018, uh, over the course of having my first Creating From the Inside Out podcast, I had a lot of stuff come to my awareness Um, almost like it was showing me parts of my life in the past and why those happened the way they happened. And one of the times was when I was about, I don't know, somewhere between 10 and 12, I'm guessing. Um, And I was afraid to go on roller coasters. Um, I was claustrophobic and I was afraid of heights. So roller coasters and being strapped into any kind of, um, you know, ride did not feel good to me and was scary. But my class was going on a class trip in Pennsylvania where I grew up to Hershey Park. And that's was I don't know what kind of an amusement park it is these days. But in those days, that was a big deal going to Hershey Park. It was like this big deal going with your friends as part of a trip a school trip you get to ride the bus and do all this stuff well yeah except for when you don't like amusement parks because you're afraid of them 
Um, you're afraid of roller coasters and you're afraid of rides. Um, I had gotten afraid of rides at a, a county fair when I had rid, ridden one of those like little spinny things and the floor dropped out and oh my gosh I just had the most terrifying experience from there so then I was afraid to like go on any rides because uh, that had happened a number of years before so now here I am this upcoming looming trip to Hershey Park and it should be exciting but I didn't find it exciting I found it scary and so we get there and the kids, um, people that I knew all, you know, were all excited and going off and I would just sit out and watch and watch and watch and watch and just feel bad until, I don't know, it was like later in the day. I don't quite remember the details, but I remember there was this point of standing and watching where I finally, it's like I had felt crappy for so long leading up to the trip and during the trip and watching everybody else that I finally was like, is this what I want? Is, am I feeling good? And I just said, I'm not. I was brave enough to say I'm not and I took my terrified and shaking self over to the line of the biggest roller coaster that they had. It's called the Super Duper Looper. I don't know if they still have it but back in those days it was a big deal to go upside down and to loop around a few times and that's what it did and that was like considered a really big deal. So I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to just do it. So I took myself over to that line and I was terrified. But I stood in that line and I got in and I sat in that cart by myself, shaking. And the thing took off and it went up, 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 up to the top. And I knew it was about to hit the top and then it was going to go down and make all these loops and make all these loops. So I just said, I just, I'll just get through this. I'll just hold on. I'm just going to grip the bar and I'm going to close my eyes and I will just, I will just get through this. I will just get through this and then I, I can at least ride with the other kids. I can at least go along and I'll just close my eyes and hold onto the bar with other people. Um, and it was, I don't know, at some point during the loop that I finally said, screw this. And I said, I don't care. I don't care if I fall out. I don't care what happens to me. I'm putting my hands up in the air, in the sky. And I did it. I let go of the bar. I put my hands up and I opened my eyes. And we ripped around in circles upside down. And I felt the most free. I had ever felt in my life. I felt so exhilarated. I felt so empowered, self-empowered. 
And it was an amazing, amazing experience. And after that, I wasn't afraid to go on roller coasters. I can still feel what that, I think I was in sixth grade, I don't know, what that sixth grade version of me felt, that little girl. I can still feel how scared I was and yet how I chose to embrace myself, myself that was saying, I don't feel good anymore. I don't want this anymore. I don't want to be standing on the sidelines while everybody else does these rides because I'm claustrophobic and afraid of heights. If I fall out, I fall out. At least I've done this. It's better than what I'm feeling now. And so when I went on that ride and I put my hands in the air and I let go of that bar and I opened my eyes, it was so empowering. I've had that experience, not with roller coasters, but in my life many times since then. And each time it's been a different version, a different version of kind of waking up to myself and saying, I can't stand this anymore. Waking up to a feeling of not wanting whatever I've been experiencing. I don't know how I was claustrophobic. I just was. I don't know exactly how I was afraid of heights. I just, I just was until I wasn't, until I chose to embrace and empower myself. There are many times that I've been, well, I've had that same experience, like I said, not of going on a roller coaster, but of doing things that seemed terrifying or that seemed completely impossible. Um, When I got on that ride, did I think I was going to take my hands off that bar? No. Did I think I was going to open my eyes? No way. I was just barely getting through letting the guy put me in the seat and, you know, lock me into the thing and not scream, let me out now or stop the ride or back up. It took all the courage I had not to do that. But I, I did that. And then as I did it, I went further along. And then I found, why not open my eyes? Why not put my arms up? It was not an easy decision. But I decided to do it. And it was the best thing. I've had this happen to me so many times, as I said, in my life. And it's funny because I feel like I feel like my art lets me do that as well. One of the things that I've discovered in painting is that, well, let me back up a moment. So when I had my interior design firm, it was a big deal 
to see myself as creative in that kind of a way. And um, to allow myself to be that. And yet somehow there was this knowing that I couldn't, I didn't know where it came from. But it was this knowing, I, I even told my husband, I said, someday, I'm going to be, I'm going to paint. I hadn't painted since high school. I had no interest in picking up a paintbrush at that time. But somehow, I had said, someday I'm going to paint. And I'm not going to, I'm going to paint. It, it was like this knowing of painting from what was inside of me versus trying to paint something that I saw outside and replicate it. I somehow knew that. I don't I don't know how I knew it. I did. I felt it. I felt like at some point I am going to have inspiration for my painting come from within me. And the idea that that could happen was so foreign. And the idea that I would do it in painting was so foreign. So now here fast forward. That is exactly what I do now. My paintings, sometimes I'll see, um, you know, I take photographs of a lot of nature around here in Montana. I live in a beautiful place. Plus, I have a lot of photos from when I lived in California or traveled various places. And I've always taken photos of nature. So, um, you know, I tend to look for a lot of beauty around me. So sometimes I will see a photo or see something and it will inspire me. But I never, I never, it does not work for me to try to paint that photo. It may give me a start of like some colors or some ideas or some something to start off with. But if I try to keep to the picture of what might be my starting inspiration, my painting goes nowhere fast. What I've had to learn how to do in my painting is that it starts with some kind of spark of inspiration or an idea or a feeling. And then it's kind of like the roller coaster. I have to let myself just take a step and have no idea where it's going. And often it's just a small feeling, a small little, almost like a voice or a thought that comes to me, like put a line here or put something there or do this here or do something there. It doesn't often make sense. There's no sense to it. And when I don't do that, my paintings turn mm, into something I don't like. But when I do do that, when I do listen each step of the way, I find that it takes my painting in directions that feel right. Does that mean the painting looks like this beautiful thing that's emerging all the time? No, I often have no freaking idea where this painting is going. If I feel this drawing, this draw to like make some mark over here or draw some mountain over here I often don't see the bigger part of what's going on it's like it's being shown to me puzzle piece 
by puzzle piece at a time. And I don't have the big picture, but that's okay. I don't need to. Because by just following step by step, kind of like I did on the roller coaster, first just decide to stand in line, then just allow the guy to strap you in. Ah, you know, um, don't scream bloody murder for them to stop it and, you know, back up and let you off. Not that they're going to, but, you know, don't do that. It's, it's kind of like that. Each step of the way, just embracing courage and just following this kind of feeling. What I found is that as I've done this, that is what has created the art that then speaks to my soul. Um, and then afterwards I look back and I'm like, wow, you know, I, I, I feel it. I feel the connection to the painting. Um, it feels right. It feels good. When I try to make something into something step by step by step, it does not work that way for me. And so I found that my painting kind of mirrors my life in this way. But it always comes down to this question of how is this feeling right now? Am I liking this? In my art, what I find is one of the biggest things I've had to learn to do is be willing to scrap the entire painting for it to go in a direction that actually feels good. And this was very this has been very scary because oh my gosh, the paint that I invested, the time, not that much time. I don't work on my paintings for days and days and stuff like that. I normally finish them all on the same day or or maybe a few days. Um but for a really big canvas. But in general, um it can feel though like, oh my God, there's other decisions. I you know, I, I need to build on that. I need to go from to the next thing and I can't just throw it all away. But what I've learned is as an artist is to look at where I'm at in each moment and allow myself to check in. How am I feeling right now? Am I, is this experience serving me, working for me, and to let myself embrace that. And sometimes to me as a painter, that means then taking some completely other color and covering everything up, like almost like um, introducing a whole other color and where there were mountains, there's no mountains anymore. And, you know, everything kind of changes or using a lot of white or whatever. I don't normally um, like completely paint it all over white and start completely from scratch in that way but I I find that I completely do something that changes um, what you see on the surface but having the courage to do that is always what seems to then lead me in the direction of of a painting that somehow works. Later on, I discover that there are 
it's kind of like um, I use the palette knife a lot. And when I move my palette knife in a way that I feel called to do, suddenly there are these other layers that emerge from underneath. And they give this certain complexity and depth to the painting that I really love. And it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been called to, you know, kind of introduce another color or um, add a bunch of white or go in another direction. I couldn't get to where I got to in the end from where I had been at if I hadn't kind of taken the risks of listening. And this is what I'm talking about in my life. Like listening to myself as a little girl um, with a roller coaster and saying, do I really do I really want to be sitting out on the sidelines like this? Do I really want to be watching all these other kids? Do I really want to stand here and just feel this fear of going? Um, and I didn't even really have a reason for why I was afraid of the roller coaster. Aside from that one experience with that ride at the fair, it wasn't a roller coaster that wasn't about heights. It was just about being kind of closed in and, and having the floor um, drop out under you and you kind of get held against the side. And it was just, it was scary. So that was it. But otherwise... Um, I didn't even really know why. I was just operating in de on default with these fears and with these beliefs that I couldn't ride a roller coaster. It just wasn't what I did until it was. And so that's what my point is. What I've found on my path of empowerment, self-empowerment, so I'm talking about the empowerment that comes from within us, to us, not that somebody else gives us. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about self-empowerment. That my path of self-empowerment has come from moments like this. Moments of asking myself, is this really what I want? Am I feeling really good? Um not even feeling really good. It's not that. That's a whole other topic, feeling like you have to feel really good all the time. Boy, that can lead you down a path that doesn't actually empower you. Um, that's a whole other topic. But it's like a knowing. A knowing of Empowerment to me is, is, and I've tried to describe this before, it's this feeling like the ground can be all rocky around you. You can be in like a storm, but you feel like you can navigate it. That to me is what self-empowerment is. You feel like whether it's sunny and whether it's a beautiful day or whether there's a storm and a rocky path and, you know, danger on the right and danger on the left, seemingly, you feel able to navigate it. That is what I mean when I talk about embracing 
and empowering our unique and creative selves. It's that feeling. That's what I mean by self-empowerment. And like I said, I found that this self-empowerment doesn't come from having all the answers, you know, like a movie played out and like it's all figured out like a big map and then I just walk in that direction and then I have it. That's not the way it's worked for me. Um, And that's, I think, where our creativity comes in and our uniqueness. Um, We may try to walk in the path, follow the footsteps of other people that we find that maybe are inspiring or maybe they're they're do some doing something we wanted to do or maybe they've convinced us that their way of doing something is is the only way or the right way and we should do it their way but what i've found is that really everyone has their own path and their own unique way Because everyone is different. And that means there is no same path or same route or same way for everyone. And I've found that self-empowerment comes from embracing that awareness within myself. And realizing my path is unique to me and my own. And I've found that when I take those steps of doing that, not knowing all the answers, not knowing sometimes any answers, just having a feeling within me to say, you know, is this is this that I'm experiencing right now what I want? And if it's not, asking myself, well, what is it? What is it that I want? Not want at a superficial level, but really want. Want to feel. Want to experience. Like, what is it I wanted as a little girl when I was sitting on the sidelines of that roller coaster? I wanted. I wanted to feel not weak. So asking ourselves, what is it that we want? And then being willing to take the small step, the first step on the path of listening to ourselves and making a choice. For me, it was making the choice of getting on that roller coaster. Well, first standing in line. Well, first walking over to it. (laughs) That was the big choice. Even going up towards the line was a huge choice. And then going through the line and then going you know, getting in the the thing and all of that. But this is my point. It starts with that. And this is what I wanted to share today. Just as food for thought. Because I've found that over and over and over again in my life that it is at these kinds of moments that take me on a path of that feeling of self-empowerment 
embracing and empowering myself. So that's where I will leave it for today. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Creating from the Inside Out, Embracing and Empowering Our Unique and Creative Selves podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode or resonated with what I talked about or you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe to not miss any upcoming episodes. You can also share this information with anyone who also might resonate or benefit from this material. To learn more about my other offerings, you can visit my website at michellewaldo.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-A-L-D-O.com.